Does anybody have any questions on the notes at all? I don't think so. I don't think that the notes were very complicated this week, were they? Nope. Well, I would I would hope they're not complicated any week. <laughs> Are they? Have they ever been complicated? That's, that's a, I messed up last time, didn't I? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that had anything to do with the notes. Wait, what did you mess up last time? I said that was him. Borderlands two and the honorable mention. Remember that was his mouth. Oh, that's right. yeah. That's your fault. That's not the notes. I wasn't trying to. St- Whatever. Those were his mouth noises. It's like you got a new shirt, and then you jump in a puddle of mud, and you're all like, uh, hey, shirt manufacturer, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Your shirt's got mud all over it. <laughs> I want to do that someday. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 61 of the Frozen North Gaming Podcast. My name is JJ, and I'm here with my two friends, Mark. Hello, my name is Mark. That's, that's all you got? Howdy, y'all! I almost, I almost actually said the other person's name first who is sitting here right now. Matt! I really hate Konami. Hi, guys, I'm Matt. Well, that was a, that was a good opener. All right. It tells us everything Start. we need to know about Matt. We're, we're starting off on a positive note. Well, episode 61. What have we been playing? I just You know what? I'm going to start. Oh my, you were uh, looking at me. I thought you were telling me to go. <laughs> with your eyes. That's because I just wanted to, why do you have to say it with such a, like, weird voice like that? I don't know what you're talking about. That's Nope. Not looking at you anymore. Uh, so, <laughs> I've been playing Final Fantasy Dev Zero. You guys saw me grinding a little bit on there, uh, trying to get some experience and levels up. And I'm at the very end, so once I get done with that, then I can be done with that game. Then you can play a real game. hey That's... <laughs> you know what? Honestly, Woo! like, it's weird because it's set in the same universe as, as Final Fantasy uh, 13. Yeah. And in 13, I thought the story was was okay. I just wasn't a fan of the gameplay. But in this, it's like the complete opposite. I like the gameplay. I'm just... The story is way over my head and I just am like right. lost completely and don't know what's going on. It's kind of just interesting how that worked out. Sounds like my kind of game. So, uh, you you probably would like it to be honest. Uh and uh, apparently it's supposed you're supposed to not play it through it just once, but <laughs> I'm just going to play through it once. That's what I'm so <laughs> typical. Uh once I uh once I'm done with that, I I hopefully going to be moving on to like one or two small portable games and then uh I really want to hit Lost Odyssey. Bioshock. And oh yeah, I did say I was gonna try Bioshock too. There you go. That's right. Yep. That way that Mark and Brian can stop bugging me about uh Would you would you rather play Bioshock two? Infinite or Half Life one. Bioshock two. Really? Wow. I don't want to risk having to hear you not like I have a <laughs> something Half Life. Well I I've played a lot of Half Life one and I, I I mean I I thought it was okay. Right. It's just dated. You you point. could play the Black Mesa remake of it. That's out there. Yeah. I, I just, I know that was weird that you said that because I know if Brian was here, he would say that uh, that I should play Half-Life. I don't want to risk you not playing it the way I did and like 
not having those rose tinted glasses. Oh, come on, Marcus, grow a spine. There's no, no. way. Stand I would up rather for him Valve. be deluded. It's impossible. You got to stand up for Valve. <laughs> I would rather him be deluded. <laughs> yes. Okay, fine. Okay, good. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so that's that's honestly about it. Other than that, I I really haven't played much. I I you know what? I take that back. I've been playing. Uh, uh, I had some some family stuff going on, and I was at the hospital for a while uh, last weekend, and I played a lot of uh, Final Fantasy Legend One on Game Boy. Pretty good. It is different. Isn't that like the precursor to the Saga series? Yes. Oh, cool. oh, oh good lord. Yep. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm not really not really sure. I had played it years ago when it first came out. I just had forgotten about it. It's interesting. It's interesting. That's that's all I can really say. I remember borrowing those games from you to go down to the lake. It was like a four-hour car ride, and I hated the games, and but I appreciated the them because they were the only things I had to do. No, he 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 never never like any any games never got destroyed or anything like that. I always felt fine letting him borrow games. I just feel like every it story was the freaking about a strategy guy. The games <laughs> were important. The pieces of paper that came along with them, not so much for an 8-year-old. Oh, no, really? You want to know how much that Final Fantasy 7 strategy guide goes for nowadays? Yeah. I don't think I want to yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh god, dude. It's so much for a new one and for one that's in decent shape, even used, they're they're going for much. Mine though, because the cover is half missing and Matt was like, oh, to show people at school. Someday I will buy you the Earthbound strategy guide that I ruined as well. I, I've got that <laughs> one too. Yeah, the pages are falling out and everything. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. Mark, what are you been playing? Well, after last week, after, well, two weeks ago, after your little intervention, I started <laughs> to feel really bad about myself. That's good. I went into a shame <laughs> spiral. Uh, and then I eventually... Got up the courage to buy a PlayStation 4. Woo! And I've been playing Bloodborne. Good choice. It's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. That's yeah. what I hear. Uh, before that, I did play some Deus Ex uh, Human Revolution and beat the first boss. And I can say that the, what's it called? The director's cut is vastly superior to the original boss battle. So if anyone's on the fence about that. Director's cut. Well, first off, I think we should give Mark a round of applause for joining the current gen finally. Yay! You know, and actually getting the system that well, the system. <laughs> it's true. That it. Yep, that's it. All right. Oh my goodness, guys! I haven't had a whole lot of time to play games this week. Uh, I've been too busy uh, breaking furniture over Konami. But uh, when I have had time to... I'm kidding. I haven't had a lot of time to play games. But um, <laughs> the, the couple hours that I did get to play uh, of Bloodborne, I, I have been spinning on the Cleric Beast. And I, I, I downed the Cleric Beast. And I found out that it didn't matter and it didn't actually unlock anything. And I didn't really need to do any... I didn't need to do that, boss. I'm, I'm kind of upset right now. But it's the satisfaction of being done with it, right? <laughs> you can say you did it. Sure. Yeah. So wow. I've made zero progress in the game, really. Oh, you got blood echoes out of it. Sure. Not not nearly as many as I should have, though, because I'm really bad about getting my blood echoes back. And I have after no I idea what you guys are talking about. It's like so, money slash experience points. I'll take your word for it. I, I've probably put a good six or seven hours of gameplay into the game and only made like an hour and a half of actual progress. So, But I love every minute of it. Very cool. 
Okay, we did actually get an email this episode from uh, the girls over at Terran Lightning's RPG Roundup. Uh, huh. You remember we, we had them on, uh, gosh, it's been, what, a year? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a long, been a long time. But they're 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 still putting out episodes. They're still going strong, and and they actually just recently did an episode on uh, uh, the Final Fantasy fifteen demo. Nice that came out, and like when I played it, I kind of just played through it and was done with it. <laughs> but like, and I, I liked it. But after like listening to what they were saying, and like hearing hearing some of the, some of the gripes they had, and some of the things they liked and didn't like about it, so like I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even think about that, but that's true. Like for one. I didn't even realize there was product placement until later on. Seriously? Like, the camping equipment and stuff in there has Coleman written all over it. Wow. Had no idea. That's and then amazing. they said that, and I was like, what? Is that true? And then I looked, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't even notice that the first time. Uh, yeah, if you get the chance, definitely go go listen to that episode because it's really good. But uh, so uh, this came from Lightning. She says, I was listening to your last episode and your discussion how, on how old games can kind of lose their magic over time, and I'm having that same issue with Final Fantasy VI. She says, we're playing through it right now, and uh, we're in the world of Ruin, rounding up all the characters. Final Fantasy VI happens to be my favorite game, but for some reason I can't get into it like before. Is it because it's simplistic compared to modern games? Have I played it too many times? Either way, I'm dragging my feet and it drives me nuts. This game enthralled me as a child, and I'm sad that things aren't the same. She says, there are other games that I haven't played in years, but want to play again, like Ocarina of Time and Super Mario RPG, and now I'm wondering if the same thing will happen again. So, like... You remember last time we talked about how if you like like you have those those pure nostalgia th- moments yeah where like you look at a game and like like Final Fantasy 6 perfect example I mean that's my favorite game of all time as well but Alex had written in and and said like you know I don't know if these games were actually really that good or if it's just nostalgia talking to me and you know we kind of talked about it a little bit and we kind of you know, it's a good discussion topic because I don't know if there's really a definitive answer. Because right. those games were phenomenal yes, at the time. Definitely. And you can't deny that. But at the same time, when you compare it to today's games, sure, today's games are technically going to be better. Arguably, as well, I could say. Because, I mean, I like Six's way of storytelling, you know, above anything I've seen out there. But, like, I don't know. It. it I, I totally hear what she's saying in that when you go back to these games and you start playing through again, no matter how many times you played through it as a kid, something might stop you and you just might not have that, that drive that you once did playing through it. Um, when, when Brian played through final fantasy six, I played it alongside of him. I got to the world of ruin and I got all my characters back and stopped. Don't know why back in the day I would have kept going. I would have finished it, especially yeah. since it was the game boy version and there's new stuff to do in there. And I still didn't have the drive to keep going. Not cause I hated it or didn't want to play it. I was just like, I just, you know, didn't. That's un- I feel like that's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I kind of have that experience with Sweet Coden sometimes. Like, uh, especially Sweet Coden Two. I've played that section up until Muse so many times told me that, that if I start fresh, I have I, I want nothing to do with the game. But after that point, if I get past that part, then it's smooth sailing from then on. So uh, it might just be the fact that you've played through the game so many times that it just doesn't hold any surprises for you anymore. Yeah. I think if you get away from it for a while and you come back to it, you'll enjoy it again. But that's, uh, I don't know. It'll that's be, just my prediction. It'll be interesting when the, because, I mean, Final Fantasy VII I, I absolutely love still to this day. Yeah. But when it comes out on PS4, I plan on playing through it again. It'll be interesting to see how well that, that holds me in there. Uh, you know, obviously a new updated graphical powerhouse version of it 
would be phenomenal, and I guarantee you I would play that from start to finish because that would be pretty much a new experience. Right. But since it's just, you know, a, a small update, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Anything? You guys have basically touched on everything that I could say about this. There's only a very small handful of games that I would say are really that good that you can go back and play through multiple times and just love it every single time. For me, that's like probably Zelda Link to the Past, Final Fantasy VII. I can't even think of any others right now. That's uh, maybe Super Metroid or Castlevania, uh, Symphony of the Night, the Metroidvania stuff, uh, Mega Man X. Like yeah. games well, that are just impressive in and of themselves, even by today's standards. The kind of games that people who are out there making games now look back to and go, these are the games that caused us to want to make games. Yeah. Well, and, and, and just to clarify, she's not saying that she, you know, doesn't like the game as much as she used to. Right. And I, you know, I completely understand. She's just saying she's dragging her feet. And that's, I mean, that's kind of how I felt too. Like, I didn't have the motivation to keep going all the time. Like, I was I, I was like, I remember this part. This is so awesome. I love it. Blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I was like, I could put this down if I wanted to. Well, I mean. Yeah. And I'd be fine. Each time that you play the, through the game, you're going to start noticing things that you didn't notice before. Flaws in the game are going to become more pronounced because you're older and you've played through it so many times. You don't have anything else to look for. So, I don't know. It can become tiresome because you've already you know the story start to finish it by this point so yeah there's not a whole lot there to really stimulate you that's true this might be too far down the rabbit hole so you can cut this part out if it's pointless but uh i kind of had the same experience for the lord of the rings trilogy where i watched through it in the theaters and it was fantastic i loved it such a good uh series of movies and then i got the dvds and I just, I didn't care anymore. I had seen it. I knew it was going to happen. I knew the parts I liked. And it started to feel more like work than actually entertainment. So, and it's not that I don't think it's a good series of movies. It's just that I, I've experienced what I need to out of it. And you So you seem to be having the, the that's weird to me. Because, like, I could understand it on a video game side. Because that is technically work. You're actually playing. You're doing things. But, like... Movies and stuff. There's stuff that I could watch over and over again, and right. I'd, I'd be fine. Oh, sure. Like uh, the Big Lebowski, I could watch that any day of the week. But Lord of the Rings is so heavy-handed, and it's so, so amazing. You mean so long that you know what? I am cutting this part out, not because whoa, because it's off base, but because you're the one saying it, and you're wrong. Fair enough. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I I completely understand what you're saying because I I mean I think we all have that with with movies and stuff like that where we say like I, I just said I could watch it over and over again I know that if I watched all three movies I would not be in the mood to watch them again right away I would just yeah. be like all right that was awesome gonna stop for like a year or something you know so definitely thank you very much for the email and uh, to the rest of you if you have not gone to check out Terran Lightning Show. What are you waiting for? Go check them out. Terran Lightning's RPG Roundup. Uh, they're on iTunes, and I think they're working on a website, too. I think I heard them mention that on their show. Uh, but, uh, yeah, look for look for some more good stuff, and check out their old stuff, too. Absolutely. All right. If you would like to email us, uh, our email address is frozennorthpodcast.gmail.com. We have a website. Mark, what's our website? fngaming.net. Matt, what's our Facebook page? Facebook.com forward slash the frozen north. Nice. 
Our Twitter is at FN Podcast. Our blog is frozennorthpodcast.blogspot.com. Mark, are we on iTunes? No. We are not on iTunes. We got... Yes. <laughs> We're on iTunes. Um, <laughs> we got banned, guys. Just, just search the Frozen North Podcast or go to our website. There's a link there. So, boom. Matt, would we like them to subscribe to and rate us on there? Please subscribe and please give us fine ratings. We would love to see what you have to or say. Or any rating you think we deserve. Yes. A low rating is still a fine rating. Well, maybe, maybe is it not. Though? Maybe is not. It? Maybe not. <laughs> I would prefer fine ratings. I would prefer good ratings. Fine is like flat soda. Yeah, what is this? Is this wine we're talking about, Matt? You know what? Send all your hate mail to uh, Matt at Frozen North. Yes, Matt at FrozenNorth.com, <laughs> which isn't even the right send anything. Let's see what happens. That's not currently an email address, but I'll see if what I can do. Oh, my goodness. All right. Next on the list, we did hit 200 Twitter followers. That's right. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, and because of that, we are going to be doing a contest. Oh, man. I'm excited. I like contests. Me too. So this contest, if you remember a while ago, we did a screenshot contest where we had you go and basically just plug our site or our show in some way on social media, whatever. It's going to be similar to that, except it's not going to be us. It's going to be for SoPro Gaming. Uh, If you remember, we talked about them a while ago. Uh, They are basically a place here in Kansas City. They're going to be a huge land center where you can go in, bring your own computers. You can play on their their consoles, computers that they have there. You're going to be able to watch esports and they're going to have classes, just crazy, crazy amount of stuff for gamers, and it's going to be awesome. Now, basically, all you have to do is take a screenshot that you liked them on Twitter and take and or take a screenshot that you liked them on Facebook. If you send us one screenshot of either their Twitter or their Facebook, you'll get one entry into the contest. If you send us one for each, you'll get two entries. So if you follow them on Twitter... And like them on Facebook and send us a screenshot for both. That's two entries. Simple enough? Sounds good. Sounds great. Okay. Now, Mark, what do they get? They get a $30 GameStop gift card. (laughs) I was hoping you would say you don't know because I hadn't told you yet. There will be no mystery box for this. (laughs) Did you you change it? No, that's that's one part that we're going to do. Oh. But, so... (laughs) We under- <laughs> totally backfired. I mean, I realized that as I would say, I was like, we did talk about the GameStop thing. Uh, so we realized that, that obviously everybody who listens is not necessarily going to be from Kansas City. So SoPro has, has offered to give us some, some promo cards, some swag. We don't know the details of what exactly yet, uh, but you will get some stuff from them. I imagine some of it might include like some game time or something like that. But if you're not from Kansas City, obviously you won't really you know have the opportunity to use that. So what we need you to do is if you enter in the contest, go ahead and send us your entries in the email address. Tell us whether you are in the Kansas City area or you do want the SoPro stuff. Or if not, just say, like, I'm not in the Kansas City area. Just let us know that way. Because if if we get a winner that is not in the Kansas City area, we're going to draw again for somebody that is. That way, you know, somebody will still walk away with this stuff. Uh, but if you're not in the Kansas City area, what you'll win is a $30 GameStop gift card that we'll mail out to you. Cool? Makes sense? I accept your terms. <laughs> As do I. Now, I want to make it clear, though. If you if your email address does not... If your uh, entry does not say whether you are in the 
Kansas City area or able to, because I mean, if you're planning on being in the Kansas City area, I guess you could still use it. We won't accept it. So you have to tell us whether or not you can take the SoPro stuff because we want to give it to people that are actually going to be able to use it. And if it's one person that wins in the Kansas City area, they'll get a GameStop gift card and a SoPro, the SoPro stuff, which would, you know, what great that's, for them. That's pretty good. Yeah, no joke. So you got you got a way to win no matter what, no matter where you are. But if you're from Kansas City, in this case, you, you obviously have a little bit more that you can win. So just make sure you let us know whether or not you're going to be able to to do that. So just just so we're on the same page, their the their Twitter is twitter.com slash soprogaming, all one word, S-O-P-R-O-G-A-M-I-N-G. And their Facebook page is Facebook.com slash soprogaming. Same thing. So check them out on Facebook, check them out on Twitter, give them a follow and give them a like and uh let us know. Shoot us a, an email at frozenorpodcast at gmail.com with your screenshot showing that you did that. And from there, you can win either a GameStop gift card, SoPro swag, or both. Just let us know whether you can take it. Also, you win bragging rights. And bragging rights, of course. All right. Moving on. Is it time for the news? It's time for the news. It's time for the news. And we do have some news going on in the world. <laughs> oh, God. Glad for that. Guys. I was worried there's none. Oh, oh, there's plenty. All right, so um, hashtag the dream is dead. Silent Hills has been canceled. Way to go, Konami. Way to go, Konami, indeed. Oh, my goodness. Guillermo del Toro it must be devastated right now. I, I don't know what to say. But I'm sorry, did you call it Guillermo? Guillermo. It's a double L. It's a Spanish name. No, I know. I, I, it's, is pro- it? it's pronounced Guillermo. <sighs> But but call, the fact call that Brian, you, you ask Brian how to pronounce it. You put Elmo in his name. I thought was just funny. <laughs> Elmo <laughs> del Toro. Sesame Elmo. Sesame Street was like Silent Hills. No, you've been our you've been our enemy for years. That would be <laughs> that would be actually quite frightening if if <laughs> oh my goodness, Big Bird was walking like the so, pyramid head. What did Guillermo do? He didn't do anything. He just just he he tweeted. Uh, well, I guess he did do something. He tweeted that the dream was basically dead. It's not going to happen. Um, and then Konami shortly afterwards came out um, and issued a press release stating that, yes, the current Silent Hills project that had been in development by him uh, and Hideo Kojima has not just been put on indefinite hold, but flat out canceled. The weirdest part about that announcement was they don't even say Kojima anywhere in it. Yeah. It's like they don't want to acknowledge he exists. Well, I mean, <laughs> they, they already took care of that problem over the past couple of weeks. Like, this follows the recent weeks of reports that he's going to be preparing to leave Konami after Metal Gear Solid Five, the Phantom Pain, releases later this year. Um, they're seeking to find new leadership for future Metal Gear titles, which I don't know if I'm going to play. I just, I just don't know. We'll see, but I'm... I'm you can't very write it off without even giving it a chance, though. I know, but I'm very, I'm very wary. I mean, look at what happened to Square when um, what's his face left and formed Mitz- Mitzwalker. What's his face? Sakaguchi. Sakaguchi. Yeah, he wasn't the only one who left, though. That's true. But I mean, I stayed. Be- I stayed on board because Nomura was still there. But anyway, this is a little bit uh, of devastating news to me. Um, however, silver lining, maybe. Uh, Konami did explain in the press statement that it does remain open to the idea of working with Kojima as well as Del Toro on future titles and revealed that such discussions were already currently taking place. So maybe we'll have something else in the future. We're just not getting the current adaptation 
that we were going to have uh, following PT. So sad, sad news for everyone, but uh, maybe Konami will write the ship. They seem like that they want to, but I don't know that money that they get from their uh, gambling machines in Japan is yeah. getting them a lot more currency in the door than, than their slot machines. <laughs> I know. DR beat mania. Ugh. Some MGM grand gambling app. All right, let's move on before I get super depressed. All right, uh, Square Enix demonstrated a new art and tech demo uh, for the future with real-time rendered presentations. Um, they basically hooked up four uh, Titan graphics cards into a, a computer and then ran through a tech demo uh, showcasing the same character and city from the demo that they had, the cinematic demo that they had in 2012. I would recommend uh, going and watching that on YouTube. I uh, have actually linked it in the at FN podcast on Twitter. So um, I do recommend taking a look at that because it's actually quite exciting of how much more ground is going to be broken in the next few years in terms of graphics. So if you're if you're into that. So I'm sure that Brian's going to be excited. We got a spiritual successor coming out to uh, Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, yeah. It's going to be pretty good. Some uh, some former folks over that were working over at Rare Software have formed a new Kickstarter project uh, under the game name of Yuka Lele and um, has already been up for a few days. It has 45 days to go. It's already at 30,500 backers and uh, over 1 million euros, which I just translated on Google. They have 1.6 million U.S. dollars to work with for this game. Wow. That's pretty intense. They th- their minimum asking on Kickstarter was one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars, and their goal was two hundred and seventy thousand dollars. I never even played it before. I didn't know it was that huge. It's crazy. Apparently, people really love Rare Software. Yeah. So we these can are, look I mean, forward to that. I haven't looked at the Kickstarter, but I'm imagining these are people who left the company like before Microsoft even purchased them, and people have been waiting for a new game from those guys for a long time. Yeah. Could be. So. All right. We got a few more going on here. Uh, Bloodborne has gotten a critical update. Hashtag no more excuses. The load times have been cut down significantly. I believe it. They, they cut it down to what? Like 10, 15 seconds. Um, it's like 10, it's like 15 seconds. If you die and you're respawning in the same area, right? And then the initial load times aren't that much improved, but yeah. So when you're actually going into a level, you're still looking at the time it takes to, to make a quick sandwich. But yeah, (laughs) after that, you know, considering how often you die and that was really the biggest issue that that has been mitigated quite heavily cut in half, I would say. So yeah, that's uh that is definitely something that I would say will force certain people to go and buy the game that haven't already done so. Yep. All right. And uh, in addition to that update, the Final Fantasy 15 demo that came out earlier this month is also going to receive an update sometime in May. The update is going to be improving on a lot of different things, but we don't have a lot of details on this yet. Um, What I do know is that they're going to be improving the co-op system and frame rate apparently was a big issue, especially on the Xbox One, and some improvements are going to be made there as well. I heard something like that there were dips down to something like 20 frames per second during most combat situations on the Xbox One, which is Whoops. definitely noticeable. So 
Uh, hopefully that will make things a heck of a lot better. Xbox holding everybody else down. Oh, unbelievable! Holding themselves down. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, let's see. I believe it's also going to adjust the camera targeting system and fix a few bugs and add some combat actions and balance adjustments. So uh, we'll have more information for you when that comes out. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that our buddy JJ over here will play that immediately. Right, JJ? Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Yeah. He's got to go enjoy that. Well, I can't camping. do it. Whew. Whew. All right. Uh, we also have a Farming Simulator 15 that's releasing on oh, man. May 15th. Tell me more. So um, <laughs> I'm sure that uh, I'm, I am absolutely positive that Marcus is going to want to check this out. And for all of you that are into the same kind of games that Mark is into, I, I'm sure that this will do exactly what you needed to do. Mark, can I, can I just tell wanna... you? I saw a screenshot of a massive tractor. It looked I'm actually, really interesting. I'm not interested in this game. Why? You play Farmville all the time. Any th- I've not played Farmville. <laughs> And I'm going to give you my reason. Hold on. Let me give you my reason that's going to make you roll your eyes, please. (laughs) The reason I am not interested in Farming Simulator 2015 is because I'm going to wait until the Oculus Rift or the HTC Vive is out. And when they have a 3D virtual reality compatible version of the game, I'll buy that one. Is it Vive or Vive? I don't know. Is it... HTC. All right. Well, we will see if Marcus is able to resist, but it does have a new feature alongside all the farming equipment. You can also do logging. That's pretty cool. I mean, it'll be a step up from Farmville from what you're used to. I've never played Farmville. That is not true. 100% I've seen you do it. No, you haven't. So... Well, you know what? Everybody that's listening now thinks you do. So, Matt, what's the next story? All right. Well, the last story on the list is nothing really all that big. It's not really important. Uh, basically, uh, Skyrim got a paid mod store on Steam, and then the internet exploded. Yeah. And that's the news. <laughs> oh, and because of that, we're actually going to go into a little bit of depth. We're going to talk about that right now. So let's talk about the Valve mod disaster. Mark, I think you've been following this the closest oh, man. everybody. The Valve mod disaster. Let me tell you about the Valve mod disaster. Let me say it a few more times. Um, <laughs> I feel sorry for Gabe so, Newell. BMD. I think it was, was it Friday? Was it last Friday? They revealed all this information that for Skyrim on Steam, they were going to start allowing mod makers to charge money for mods. And basically what happened was... Uh, People were furious, like immediately, unbelievably furious. Valve didn't say anything Saturday. They didn't say anything Sunday. And then eventually Sunday night, Gabe Newell got on to Reddit and did an AMA for everyone explaining their thought process behind why they were doing paid mods. And that they were going to fix problems with it. Right. And then it was a day or two after that, they announced they weren't doing paid mods. And yeah, they refunded turnaround. any money that anyone spent on paid mods in the brief time that they had them. Uh, yeah, so that's the <laughs> timeline. Gabe Newell basically said that in the course of like seventy-two hours, his company lost over a million dollars because of this. Yeah, I was just like, oh my goodness, that's um, terrible. I mean, there's a lot of outrage over the revenue breakdown, where apparently mod makers got twenty-five percent of the revenue, and the other seventy-five percent was split between Valve and Bethesda. So that's where a lot of the uh, outrage came from. There's also issues with people taking mods from Nexus and putting them on Steam Workshop, mods that they didn't make themselves, and then charging money for those mods. Well, it's like modification of a mod as well. Like, they take a mod, and then they put it into their own mod, but their mod's not very big. So they're actually just 
basically riding the coattails of another mod. Right. And there, it's very difficult to track that down. Like you would need a whole team of people to review every mod that goes on the store. It was just it's a it's a mess. Thousands of people started pulling mods off of Nexus to protect their mods, and it was it was a mess. It was horrible. Yeah, I uh, I I heard in the on the AMA, Gabe Newell basically said that like he was gone out of contact for like thirty six hours, and when he got back, he had fifteen hundred emails about it. And he was like, "Okay, what did yeah, my company that seems do?" Light to me compared to you know how many people are actually going crazy about this thing, right? What do you? I mean, what do you? What are you guys' opinions? What's your stance on on that though? On paid mods in general? Yes, I am not fundamentally opposed to the concept of paid mods. I think it could create an interesting scenario where there's now a new on ramp for young talent in the gaming industry, where someone who might not get a job working at Bethesda could possibly make money and make a name for themselves by selling a mod that they spend a lot of time making. And I mean, it could eventually lead to a situation where there are mod studios whose sole revenue stream is making high-quality mods and expansions for games other people made. So I think those are really interesting possibilities that could be unlocked by doing something like that. However, I do totally agree that Valve botched their announcement. Yes, they did. I mean, mean by having no announcements? Right. That's that's my biggest issue is in the past, I mean, Valve always does this. They, They stay silent. They don't talk to anyone about anything. And then they announce something right when it's ready to happen. It's like, okay, uh, the Steam sale is right now. <laughs> and that's, that's great when it's good news. Because it's like, oh, I wasn't expecting any good news today, and now I'm super psyched. But when it's a mixed message, when it's something that people don't understand how yeah. to feel about, right. and there's no build-up to it. You have it, to give them time to process it. Right. But instead, they're like, paid mods, they're here right now. I've, yeah. got, I've got some thoughts on this, too. Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay, so first of all, um, I think that the concept in general of going into an established mod community yes. and then adding in paid mods as your first store in and of itself is bad. Choosing Bethesda's Skyrim mod culture as your first attempt at doing this is extra bad. Those people are nuts. Right. They're actually crazy. The game's been out for four, <laughs> almost four years now, and... It's probably got the most mods of any game. Yeah. They they already have their own system in place with donations and and whatnot to there's plenty of people who do high quality mods that can almost work full time based solely on donations. So I'm not really sure uh what Valve and Bethesda were thinking by doing this. Also, apparently from what I understand, the price point of the twenty five percent revenue that's going to the modder that's being set by the individual company, according to Valve. So that's what Bethesda decided. Right. I do think that in the future, if Valve wanted to do this with either an internal or a, a, a smaller franchise, like a new game, if they can get somebody to commit a little bit more revenue going to the actual modder, I, I'd imagine it'd be fine. I wouldn't think that anyone would have that big of a problem with it. And it might al- almost be a situation where they should have a curated store. In the sense that they're not just letting anyone throw anything on there and charge for it. They might want to have it so you prove yourself, you make good mods, and you show that you keep them functional, and then you let them charge money for it. Because otherwise, we're going to end up in a situation where I've spent $30 on mods, and Bethesda releases an update, and all of a sudden, all of my paid mods that I've spent money on no longer work. Right. And that's not a situation anyone wants to be in. And what what Matt was saying is, I mean, that's that's 100% how I feel about it. I, I think that... Actually, both of you. 
I totally, totally think that this is a, a good idea in the long run and could be something that could lead to amazing, amazing things for the modding community. However, again, yeah, I don't think they did it right. I think, as Matt said, they should have done it on some something new that came out, test Definitely. the waters a little bit, and be like, hey, we're going to try this out, see how it works with this game that just came out. And, well, you don't, you don't take something existing, especially with something the size of Skyrim, you know, and be like, hey, here you go. Then it's like, what? hold <laughs> yeah. on, what? I am surprised that they didn't choose one of their own. Well, they've kind of been doing it with uh, do it. with Team Fortress Two and hats for a long time. <laughs> yeah, but it's just hats. So that's true. They went from something really small, specific to something broad, way too fast. But like in the new Source Engine that's going to come out eventually, maybe <laughs> I don't know if it's actually yeah. ever going to come out. But when it does, I I would love to see them try and implement some sort of a paid mod store and get more people to develop full-time mods for for their game and there's there's a lot of people who who have the argument that well we have dlc for games already and you pay for that what's the difference i don't i think and this is totally speculation but from what i can tell a lot of the people that are saying that are console gamers and it's like you don't understand how big of a draw modding is for the pc community that's why it's such a touchy subject most people will say well not most people but a lot of people that i know that talk about PC versus console gaming will say it's the graphics and the power. I don't think so. I would argue that mods are probably the biggest reason people go PC for a lot of games. Customization. Absolutely. And because of that, you know, it's going to be a touchy subject. And when you just, like Mark said, drop it in their lap that, hey, we're going to start charging you for this now. But it's up to these people. So, And then if they do decide to do that, we're going to take most of their money anyways. It's like, hold on, whoa, whoa, let's talk about why we're doing half this stuff and what we can do to make it work for everybody rather than you telling us how it's going to be yeah. and then just dropping it in our laps. The the uh, the point that Valve was attempting to make was that they wanted to give the possibility to some modders to be able to do this stuff full time because they've been doing it like in the evenings and then they have a day job. They're, they were trying to open up avenues for them to be able to do it full time and get more content. Sure. out there that's that's a good cause to try and tackle just they just completely botched the delivery but then, then there were some people who were saying like well if you if this person decides to charge for their mod my mods depend on their mods so then i would have to start charging in order to pay to blah 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 all this stuff yeah. and it's like and that's that's the problem with you know launching it with the three and a half year old game exactly is there's already this tangled web in place yeah but if you know about it from the start it's not going to be as bad Absolutely. But I, uh, to Valve's credit, I think they made a good call just taking it all back right off the bat. Um, I don't think we've yeah. seen the last of this by any means. No, no. I, I wholeheartedly believe we're still this is still going to happen in some form. Um, but hopefully what they're doing is they're taking a step back and going to look and, and hopefully consider some of the th- things we've said, like you know looking at newer games, stuff that we haven't seen yet. That way they can be like, hey, look, new feature, boom. Rather than, oh, you like that game you have for four years? We're going to start charging you for doing stuff on it. Yep. Like, what? But I just, what? So. Just classic Valve. Save that surprise announcement for fundamentally good news. Like Steam sales. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Anybody have anything else to say on that? I would like to hear what you uh, have to say about it at our Twitter, at FN Podcast. I will attempt to respond there you he go. He was talking to the listeners, not JJ. I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> I just told you. I was looking uh, right at JJ when I said that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Top five. 
to kind of go along with that theme, we are going to be doing our top, our top five video game PR nightmares. Now, when we say top five, we're not talking about like our favorite. Well, in, yeah. Mark, in Mark's case, you probably are. Oh, yes. <laughs> but we're just talking about things that we, we have seen throughout the years within video games where something happened and then every, the whole entire gaming community, or at least you know, a good chunk of it, was just like, ooh, that wasn't good. You know, it had to take a step back. So, honorable mentions. Anybody have any honorable mentions? I do. Go ahead. The PSN Xbox Live Network getting DDoS'd last year throughout Christmas. Now, most people, I would say, went on and, and went on the internet to figure out what the heck was going on. And they saw that it was a DDoS attack. There's nothing really, there's no real defense against it. Nothing Xbox or PlayStation could have done to prevent it. But, to a lot of people, they just turned on their game and couldn't connect. And that was all they saw. They were having issues. So people were yep. getting pissed off. And then it took a couple of days to fix. So people were freaking out, going ballistic, going crazy. I know that I had a couple of games that I wanted to try out online, but couldn't do it because, you know, some douchebags had decided DDoSing was, I don't even remember why they did it, but whatever. Uh, wait, wasn't wasn't their argument that they did it because they wanted to prove that Xbox and uh, Sony had to upgrade their defenses? I think so, yeah. Like, what? That's... Like, I'm not going to walk up to somebody in the street, shoot them in the chest, and be like, that's a lesson to you. You should have been wearing a bulletproof vest, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. Seriously. <laughs> like, hey, it's his fault. He, he wasn't wearing a vest. That, that is, that like, is the no, best analogy you that don't I've heard all day. expect somebody to come do that to you, and you don't, you know, I mean. It, I think some people just decided they wanted to do it, and then later they're like, oh, we should just tell them some reason why we, why we right, did it. Yeah, exactly. Some arbitrary bullcrap reason. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, that was uh, that didn't go over well with the community. I mean, it, it it died down after what like a week, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Um, and people kind of just forgot about it because they were able to play their games again. But while it was going on, it was like especially during the holidays. That's like the worst time of year because everybody's getting new stuff. But uh, anybody else honorable mentions? I'm gonna get flack for it, but I have to mention it. Naming the Wii U the Wii U, it wasn't a PR nightmare, but oh my goodness, was it a PR disaster? It was like a disaster for marketing. I th- I thought it was a peripheral. I'm I'm into gaming. I thought that the Wii U was a peripheral for like six months. I didn't know that it was a brand new console. Well, no. I wasn't the only one. No, you weren't. And a lot of people felt that way. They thought it was just a, con- a new controller or something. I want I want to. I've been wanting to yell Nintendo I don't, I don't for a know. while. Yeah, I don't think that was a PR nightmare. I think it just created a lot of confusion in uh, in the, the community. Well, and t- to be fair, like the Nintendo culture over there at nintendo they wouldn't admit that they've done wrong anyway they wouldn't go out and talk about it anyways they'd just be silent on it there wouldn't be a nightmare there would just be another nintendo direct later on yep yeah if you go back and look at like that uh that that original video when they announced it i don't even think they show the actual console itself they just show the controller right and that was it which (laughs) made it even more confusing so it was like so is it? I was like, is this, this just is a giant DS? Gen? What? Is this just a giant Game Boy? <laughs> is this their answer to the PSP? They're like, oh, you want big screens? All right, here you go. <laughs> Tablet I can take with me? I don't understand. What the heck's going on? In addition to that, Nintendo with their YouTube shenanigans is yeah. shaping up to be a PR nightmare. I don't know if it's reached yeah, that point yet, that's but true. it's kind of on the. You kind of have to go look for it. Like, not everyone really knows that this is going on still, but. 
It still it, is. I still I feel like it's, it's it not impacting their anymore. core consumers, but it is making other people who might be on the fence about it look down on them. Right. Yeah. No, definitely. I agree. Well, all right. Why don't we get into it? Get get it together, Nintendo. Come on. I love you. All right. JJ, you going to start us off? I think so. All right. Oh, man. My number five. Do you guys even know what this is? Yes, I do. Yes. All right. E.T., the video game. Now, in in the grand scheme of things, it probably didn't affect as many people as it like something like this would nowadays, simply because the gaming community wasn't as big back then, obviously. But when E.T. came out for the Atari, like there's people who think that this is solely, this game was so bad that it was solely responsible for bringing down Atari. <laughs> like, I don't think that's true. I do not. I don't think that's even possible. You can't blame, you know, one game. But the reason the reason people were so upset with with it was because E.T. was such a huge hit in the theaters when it came out. So people were, you know, so ecstatic that this game was going to be coming out for it. Because back then, people didn't realize that video games based on movies were probably not going to be the best thing in the world. Um, and I think just now they're finally starting to come out with some decent what? ones, like the Lego games. The Willow game for NES was amazing. Was it, though? Maybe. <laughs> um i've never played it all the way through so i don't know so from what i understand they they actually like printed like they made well not print manufactured like four million copies of this game or six million or something like that they sold like half to three quarters of them like almost immediately people were so excited so so ecstatic over it and stuff like that and they were like oh we just made you know the next big hit we're doing it. This is awesome. Blah blah blah. Apparently already, none of them played the game. They're already getting ready. They're already getting ready for the next one, uh, the next game that they want to do, and blah blah blah. I guess back then it was games because you had one developer per game. But all of a sudden they started seeing this game getting returned, left and right, and returned and returned and returned. So like literally losing tons of money because nobody wanted to buy it after that because they realized how bad it was. And then there's the whole story with the landfill. I'm not going to go into, into detail with that. They actually did just find it recently, though. <laughs> they dumped just, they, they dumped the remaining copies in the ground. <laughs> so, awesome. Um, Love it. But, like, it, it, it was such a... The reason it's on my list is because people literally considered that to be the downfall of Atari. I don't think that's true, as I said, but the fact that so many people do think that, obviously, it's a, it's a pretty darn big pr blunder i can i can see people using it as a symbol for the whole debacle of the downfall of atari but it was a pattern of behavior of there being absolutely no standards at all at that time on atari people could put whatever they wanted on any cartridge period and sell it and there was nothing that the consumer could do about it there wasn't really gaming journalism back then to tell them if it was good or bad so yep yep all right, so that's my number five, the E.T. debacle. Who wants to go next? Mark, go next. I will go next. Mark's going next. <laughs> my number five is Half-Life 2 delay. Why is this a PR disaster, Mark? Did you guys look forward to the Half-Life 2 release back in 2003? Nope, I was too busy nope. playing Counter-Strike. Yeah, a lot. most people I knew at the time weren't big PC gamers. But uh, this game was supposed to come out in Septem- on September Is this going to be as good as your Christmas story? Yes, it's going to be way better than that. I get, hope so. Get out of here! This is going to be great! I had to wait an extra month no, for okay. my Xbox. Inaccurate. <laughs> That's my story. Well, that, no, that is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 
no, this game was supposed to come out on September 30th, 2003. And this weird thing happened on July 29th, uh, where Vivendi came out. That was the publisher of the game. Came out and started telling retailers that the game was delayed. So this started coming out on the internet. And people were like, wait, this game's delayed? Uh, what's going on with that? That Someone emailed Gabe Newell. <laughs> and Gabe Newell responded to the email and said, quote, first time I've heard of this. <laughs> That's what he said in the email. And then on August 24th, uh, Valve once again said, the release date has not changed. <laughs> And then uh, there's a few t- uh, some people visited Valve and did a tour of the studio, and they said, no, the game's still on schedule. We're still working on the game. And then in early September, people were like, uh, where's the announcement that it's gone gold? When are they going to start printing this game? They keep saying it's on schedule, and it's not. they haven't changed the release date, but they haven't started printing it. And this is before the onset of digital uh, downloading. And then... On September 23rd, Valve finally got around to emailing Shaq News to tell them that, in fact, the game was delayed and they were now targeting a holiday 2003, uh, 2003 release. 2013, is that what you were going to say? Yeah, a little <laughs> misspeaking. So, all of a sudden people are like, what? You're telling us seven days before the game's supposed to be out that the game's not going to be out for months now? Seven days. That's Valve for you. Uh, and then it gets worse. Well, first of all, people are saying, is this Team Fortress 2 all over again? Team Fortress 2 is, at this point, a uh, a game that was announced in 1999 and shown to be like this ultra-realistic military uh, class-based game. Nothing like the Team Fortress 2 we have now. I was going to say. But uh, they announced it in 1999 and then never mentioned it again. So people are starting to think, oh, is Valve just a vaporware company? Do they not make games? And... <laughs> It gets worse because Valve gets hacked by a Russian hacker who then releases the source code to the game to the internet. People start putting the game together and saying, look, none of the stuff they showed at E3 is in this game. This game is not ready. They knew it wasn't going to be ready. This game is a lie, etc., etc. It keeps getting worse. Uh, Somebody on a forum said, quote, I'm not a fan of Valve anymore. I don't believe a damn thing they say, and I'm sick and tired of their BS. And then... uh, Interestingly enough, to make matters even worse, on September 30th, the day it was supposed to come out, ATI had this joint press conference with Valve that they had planned well in, well, well in advance. It's supposed to be like a launch party. They're going to show off uh, Half-Life 2 and show off their graphics cards and all of that. And ATI is pissed right now. And Gabe Newell comes on stage and says, here's a tech demo and makes no comment. Not a single comment about why it was delayed. (laughs) And it doesn't make the holiday 2003 release. And then they changed the release date from holiday 2003 to when it's done. (laughs) (laughs) And then it finally comes out a week after Halo 2 comes out in 2004, November. And... That's Valve for you. That's crazy. Nice job, Valve. My, my precious Valve. It made me think of another honorable mention, though. The recent uh, announcement I talked about earlier with Final Fantasy VII. 
Oh yeah. When everybody oh, no. thought it was going to be the new the one. remake, and then they just yeah. put the logo on the back, and they're and everybody's like, <gasps> "What?" And then they're like, "Same one you get on Steam." And everybody's like, "What? No." Thanks, no. Square. And that quickly turned into just rage. Anyway, righteous so, rage. So I wasn't shocked when I saw Valve botching a media reveal last <laughs> week because it's like this is the same old Valve. They are terrible. <laughs> well, not at making. I had at communicating. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea it was that bad of a story. Yeah, all that I heard about was the delay. That they, they failed to meet their release date, then they failed to meet it again. Well, Mark <laughs> actually added stuff to the story this time. He didn't just say, oh, wait an extra month. Was, well, it wasn't my story. <laughs> that was a good oh, story, Mark. Too, it wasn't yeah. a story about me. <laughs> Mark, That's not that's that was not your Christmas story. That's more like your bachelor party story. Matt, that's what's your happen. number five? My number five is Killzone 2, quote-unquote, gameplay trailer. It's E3 2005. And we see this amazing trailer showing off the PS3's capabilities utilizing Guerrilla Games' Killzone 2. It wasn't even Guerrilla Games' stuff that they showed. <laughs> it was, it, this, this, was, this was terrible. They hired a third-party company to fake a gameplay trailer by pre-rendering a, uh, a, like a scripted events um, from the perspective of a first-person shooter. So it looked like it was gameplay, but it totally wasn't. It was just a movie. It was just a movie. <laughs> when this went went live, um, like people started figuring this out, that this is what happened, <laughs> the internet exploded. Every Xbox fanboy that I could find <laughs> was screaming at the top of their lungs that Sony was scum of the earth, and it was just humorous to me back then i i laughed at it but it, now looking back on it, it it was it was actually rather bad i i've never seen such deception even since then have, have we had worse deception than that i mean people always get riled up about uh e3 demos looking nothing like the final game yeah but there's a difference between having high hopes and making a game that you eventually have to like tone down a little bit to make it run pr- properly and intentionally making something that is not even going to be real at all. It's just a pre-rendered thing some other company made. Intentional deception is way worse than accidental deception. I, I can't even believe that they they hired another company to do this for them. Like almost like they're passing the buck. Like it's like not our yeah. fault. We asked somebody to put together a tech demo and they gave us a movie instead. We didn't know. It's a real map move. <laughs> that, is, that is a map move. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Can you guys do me a favor and email hate mail to both JJ and Marcus for that? Nope. That's I, all for Brian. All right, fine. Yes, it's, it's Matt at FrozenNorth.com. <laughs> that's, where, that's where we'll get it. <laughs> all right. So that's my number five. All right, number four. My number four is Nintendo staying with their cartridge format. Uh, man, I loved my Super Nintendo. It was phenomenal. I love my Nintendo 64, too. Don't get me wrong. But one of the things I loved most about my Super Nintendo was Final Fantasy. They lost Square Enix, well, Square Soft at the time, because they did not want to go with the disc format. Sony actually had a deal with them in place to make a disc drive for their console, for their system. They said, no, we want to stick to cartridges because they're... I think one of the biggest reasons they said was because it was uh, less easier to uh, to pirate. Uh, less easier? Harder, harder yes. to pirate? <laughs> Less easier. <laughs> Less easier. It was harder to pirate. So Sony was like, 
so you're just dropping out of this? We're not doing this anymore? And then Nintendo was like, yeah, we're going to do our own thing. Typical Nintendo fashion. And Sony was like, all right, cool. We're doing our own thing then. Hence the PlayStation came out. Whoops. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, it's kind of the rest is history from there. Since then, Sony's been kind of mopping the floor with them. And, I mean, it, it, it used to be Nintendo and Sega. Now it's Sony and uh, Microsoft. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that's 100% due to the Nintendo staying with cartridge format, but I know that it was a massive blow to them, especially losing the Final Fantasy Creating your biggest com- competition it, is it was, never a good right. thing. Yeah. It's not even their only mistake. Then look, go to the GameCube, and they have this their own little tiny micro discs that they use that on the, the GameCube. <laughs> it's like, why? For what reason? Yeah, I like the GameCube, though. I think I was one of the few people who really, really liked it. I still think uh, Smash Brothers Melee is probably the best one. Oh, it had good games, but yeah. choosing to have a tiny disc was not a success factor. No, no, no. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So, yep. from from what I understand too, with with Nintendo on that one is uh, they actually did the debacle twice because they also got together with Philips to make a disc based uh, console. Oh, really? And then that fell through too, and then the Philips did their own thing too and came out with that CDI and then they had rights to making those two Zelda games that were absolutely horrible I remember that. and the Mario game. <laughs> so yeah. they like completely destroyed Nintendo's brand overnight for anyone who bought the CDI. It was it was just terrible. All right, moving on. Mark number 4, sir. Oh man. My- Still a problem. <laughs> My number 4 is Master Chief Collection. And this wouldn't have been on my list until JJ messaged me like uh, last week and told me that some uh, international. I should say what it is first. It's Master Chief Collection's online matchmaking being like fundamentally broken and not functional for a lot of people, and uh, it was a huge problem for me, especially at at launch when it first came out. So I got it with two of my friends. We were going to play co-op together, and we'd get in there, and it would just drop people left and right. We try and play uh, matchmaked games. So online co-op was having issues too. It was. I thought at it first. was just. I thought it was just PvP. Co-op was for a little while. They fixed that, but oh, okay. the PvP stuff is still messed up. Apparently. Wow. So we would we would get in uh, waiting rooms and like wait for people to join up for a matchmade game, and it would take like twenty minutes or thirty minutes, and then we, someone would get dropped, and two people would stay in, stuff like that, and. A month out, there's a huge patch, and people are like, oh, they finally fixed it. Nope. And then there's another patch, and oh, they finally... Nope. And then they, they did yeah. one nice thing, because they said, okay, we really messed up. We're going to give you some extra uh, Xbox Live time, and we're also going to give anyone that was playing during this window... Was it ODST when it comes out? I think, I think was, so. It might, yeah, Something ODST like or Reach uh, when they remaster that. So that was nice, but... Turns out, JJ showed me this article, or I found it when he mentioned it, that there's a big Halo tournament coming up, and <laughs> they had to cancel the whole thing because matchmaking is still not working. Yeah, six for months people. later. Six months later. That's uh, insane. That's atrocious. Like especially, especially Halo. When, right, it's Halo, and that was like their big win for the holiday season. It was uh, Sunset Overdrive and Master Chief Collection. That was. Yep. So one of their two games is now completely marred in the eyes of the public and any excitement that they had. Like, like they won a few months of uh, hardware sales numbers. Yeah. 
and that's completely been wiped away. PlayStation is just bulldozing them again. Yep. And hey, I mean, Halo is known for its multiplayer. That's what people play it for. Yep. Some people play it for the story, but I would say it's a very small percentage. Right. It is. Yeah. Halo multiplayer is like worldwide famous. You know, it it is legendary. It is it is the definitive like console shooter that you play at tournaments. At least it was for a time. Now Call of Duty is is up there too. Ugh. But well, that's just the way it goes. Um, but I mean, everybody and then people were so excited when they were like, I get to play all the old games that I grew up with that I played, and I get to go back and I get to play them remastered yeah. online. And if you look at the reviews, people loved it. I mean, IGN, mm-hmm. GameSpot, everyone was giving it great reviews. Saying how amazing or Halo Two looks remastered. Yep. Saying how great the multiplayer plays, but those were reviewers playing like the game before it actually came out. Yeah. <laughs> and once people tried on mass to, and play just the online, fact that it's still messed up. I mean, I worry for Halo Five. I know you said you're not, but that freaks me out, especially if the same people are just involved in making it. I hope they don't make the same mistakes. That, that network code. Microsoft is determined not to make that mistake again. The same way they have that gigantic heat sink in uh, the Xbox One now. Because <laughs> uh, costly mistakes are something they don't want to repeat. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Marks number four. Master Chief Collection Connection. Eh? Eh? MCC? We'll go with that. Yeah. I tried to come up with one more C, but I couldn't. Connection Conundrum. Yes. Perfect. Yes. There we go. The Master nice. Chief Collection con- Connection Conundrum. Oh my gosh. I can't, Perfect. Nope, can't do that. Love it. Matt number four. Oh my goodness, my number four. All right. So there's this game out that's called Diablo 3, and it's really good now. wasn't always that way. Uh, the initial release of Diablo 3 was pretty bad. Yep. The two things that stood out to me, and I, I, I don't think that, this, that the first one was actually only Diablo 3, but... Um, the fact that you had to be online just even to play single player, and then also the real money store, those two particular quote-unquote features <laughs> that Blizzard uh, pimped out to us weren't very re- well-received, were they? Well, they're gone now. Yeah, they're gone now. <laughs> that tells you anything. Took them, what, about a year or so to realize their mistake? Well, the, the, oh the you still have to be online, I think. To play the game. I believe so. Even though the real money store has been taken away. That was kind of their excuse. So they still haven't fixed that. But at least the game isn't terrible to play now. So I'm glad that they have somewhat righted the ship. But man, they almost completely destroyed one of their franchises with one feature of just reaching a little bit too high in the sky. They pulled Nicarus there. I think the the gameplay... And the characters and all that stuff is is superior to Diablo 2, but I don't think the online is. I think Diablo 2's online was was way better. Yeah, and they've they've done a lot of work to try and emulate the Diablo 2 um, item. I want eight party members. Now. It's as simple as that. I want eight people in my party. I want an army to go through and act and rock stuff. That's well, what you I want. can do that. You can't do eight people. You can't do eight human played people but oh. you can have your like your spawned barbarian no, no it's not the same that's good same that's how not i like to play the same you're gonna tell them what to do you can't do that they're just gonna do their own thing because they're ai you, you can kind of control them nope to an extent nope you're a liar go I'm, back to farmville i'm not what <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh this this sparked a lot of outrage and it's my number four all right 
Number three, Mark and I both have the same number three, which is Red Ring of Death. Yep, but it shows up later on somebody else's list. I don't know who. Gee, I wonder I'm who not that sure. is. So we'll talk about it then. It's Brian, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> Matt, what's your number three? What? You're skipping Mark. Oh wait, it's no. said Mark. I, I got it. I got it. No, my number three. No, my number three is the Xbox One announcement that shows up on someone else's list later. We'll talk about it then. Perfect. (laughs) Number two. Matt, you and I have the same number two. We do. It is the Sony E3 2006 PS3 announcement. Ridge Racer! Uh, It's Ridge Racer! Ridge Racer! This was was bad. (laughs) It was bad. And I'm a Sony guy. You know that, so, like, I fully acknowledge this was an ugly, especially when they came out with, like, everybody was like, you know what, as long as it's affordable, I'll still give it a shot. <laughs> the PlayStation 3 will retail for 599, 599. US dollars. <laughs> <laughs> like, nope. Uh, yeah, I didn't get a PS3 until three years into its life cycle. I, and I, I bought it used. I bought it four months in. I feel, oh my gosh. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> didn't you buy an Xbox also? I did, and then got rid of it, because it already You should have given it to me, so I didn't have to tell that horrible story about waiting for it. It's not a story, Mark. It's almost it's a story. It's like a newspaper clipping. That's fair enough. Uh, anyway, so yeah, this this was just an absolute mess of an announcement. I, I mean, people say that Sony and Microsoft and all the other presenters at E3, any, any presenter at any conference, I would imagine, is going to have their good years and their bad years. And this is just one that stuck out because of all these, like, all the memes that followed with the Ridge Racer thing. Oh, yeah. Giant enemy crab. The, yeah, right? the banana controller. The banana the controller. Banana controller. <laughs> I miss that banana controller. I don't. I don't. I remember trying to defend <laughs> that controller to my friends at high school. Yeah. I, I don't even no, None of us have ever what was held I smoking? it. No. It no. looked so maybe, terrible. Maybe it was great. It could have. Maybe. Yeah. I, I doubt it. Yeah. You know I, I doubt it. I've never drank gasoline before, but you know what? Somebody could argue maybe it's great, but I haven't tried it. So you're right. Fair enough. <laughs> but I got a pretty good idea that it's not going to be great. Uh, I mean, is there anything else that you need to say about it? I there's It was yes. just a mess. I will say this. If you are like a youngin and haven't seen that press conference, it's still on YouTube. It's pretty and awesome. It's, it's pretty good. So. I, like, I like when uh, the guy's, is it Genji he's presenting? And he says, this is based on real historical battles. And then he says, here's a giant enemy crab. <laughs> like, uh, what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember learning about it was like that amazing, amazing features like real-time weapon changing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, we love you, Sony. At least they they impressed the following year, I believe. That was when they did like Little Big Planet and Home and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I I think I, I honestly like I think it's good for these companies to have these low points, and we'll see the next one too because I think it was worse. But like, it really, really the fact that they can bounce back from them, and I mean Sony's done it, Microsoft has done it, Nintendo's working on some <laughs> of theirs. Uh, but no, I mean it's arguable that, that Nintendo because I mean like I brought up the cartridge thing. I would say Nintendo's bounced back. They're still around. It's not like they got you know booted. Sega tried to make twelve different consoles and you know they're done. But Nintendo's still 
you know, killing it in the, the portable yeah. industry. And some people will still stick up for their, their consoles and stuff too. But like the fact that you can acknowledge your mistakes and, and do what you need to do to show your fans that you're willing to improve and fix the crap that you did. I, I think that says a lot, you know, regardless of which company you are, I'm a Sony fanboy. I'll admit it. I love, I love Sony. I love PlayStation Xbox. When they screw up, I love laughing at it. But at the same time, when they fix it, I respect it wholeheartedly, and I think it's pretty awesome to see. So, I used to be a lot more jaded about the console wars. I was complete Sony fanboy. I tried to defend that boomerang controller. I, I legitimately I tried. Gone that far. I haven't gone that far. <laughs> like I say, I'm a fanboy, but I'll, I'll. I mean, I will definitely. I think if I was a real fanboy, I probably wouldn't have put this on my list. I probably would have been like, you know what? Just don't worry about it. Okay, things happen. You can't just just. Who's number one? Who's next? 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 And just try to move on. Yeah, I wanted to put this on my list, but there were just other things that were bigger to me. True enough. Fair enough. Mark number two. My number two is the Xbox One announcement, but it shows up on someone else's list later. How about right now? No. No. Yes. It's number one. Not yet. Right. Yeah, we're doing number ones now. I'm on number two. Right. Right. Who but, comes after you, Mark? Is it Matt? Matt. Didn't we just do Matt? Okay. Yeah. Comes so up right comes now. After Matt? Oh, hey, look. Who's JJ's excited? Right again. Boom. Oh, man. Xbox your One face. announcement, JJ. Why Xbox, is it your number one? Xbox One announcement. It's only my this, number three. Jesus. I think that anytime your head honcho, like, flat out tells you to go buy something else, <laughs> that is a problem. There's always a 360. Like when the, if you watch the interview, it's still so awkward. Uh, Don Matrick was that his name? I think so. Um, he he's he's talking to uh, I think it was Jeff Keeley about uh, about the Xbox One after the announcement and everything. And there's plenty of other reasons why this announcement was was awful. Uh, but this was the one that really hit it for me. And he's literally talking to him about it. And he's and they're mention, mentioning the always online features and stuff. And uh, and Jeff Keeley's like, well, okay, so what do you say to those people? You know who don't have an internet connection or don't have reliable internet that are out in the middle of the country, but they still want to play on their Xbox. You know, what are, what are they supposed to do? <laughs> he just goes, well, I mean, for those people, I, I would say we still have a console. We still have the 360. And then Jeff Keeley's like, so that, that's your response. Go buy a 360. Bam. And you could just like hear the crickets. It was so awkward to watch. <laughs> it's just like, Oh no. Oh boy. Yep. Yep. I wonder where you're going to be working next because it ain't going to be here. And it and turned sh- out sure to be enough, Zynga. Yeah, he's not there anymore either now. <laughs> um, but, I mean, there were there were other things that at, at yeah. that conference. Like, they focused the entire th- time on TV and the new yeah. features and stuff. Granted, they did point out a lot more of, with the games at the at E3. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but, it was a huge fiasco. It was yeah. uh, announcing that all your games were essentially digital games that you would that would be tied to your account specifically and not tied to a disc which was like their way of setting up sharing so you could share games with your friends and stuff yep. like that but immediately like before the conference was even over people were saying what about used games how are we not going to be allowed to sell our games right uh, and then and then Sony came and then it out gets with their even better cuz Sony's like up next and Sony apparently knew that was coming because they had like specific comments directed right at microsoft they had a youtube well, this, video this was for it e, this was you're talking e3 
Yes. Right. I was talking the the initial conference as well. I guess you could lump I'm, it I'm all just together. The whole, yeah. The, the whole announcement it was like a of all policies. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And then like hours later, Sony comes in with this video about how how games work on their console. Insert the disc. <laughs> and then some and then some guy comes over and says like, "Can I borrow your game?" And then somebody else says, "Sure." And hands yeah. him a copy of his game. <laughs> it was just like, "Oh my gosh." And in all honesty, <sighs> Like I can't remember Microsoft doing that to Sony during E3 2006 when they had a terrible year. So part of me was kind of going like, "That's kind of classless, dude." You know, let them screw up. You don't have to make fun of them for it. You know, everybody knows yeah. that this is all happening. You know, and even as the, the guy who was supporting Sony and still does to this day, I I was kind of like, part of me I thought it was funny. Don't get me wrong, but part of me was kind of like, you don't have to rub their face in it. You know, at least you know try to be a little respectful. But uh, but right. even so. And then they announced the price point, and it was like, what? $100 more. What? It wasn't $599, and you have, $599. And originally, you have to buy the Connect with it. Yeah. Like, that was part of the price point. Right. I, I, I still stand firm that, uh, like, still firmly believe that a big reason they went with $499 was because they thought Sony was going to be doing $499. Probably. Because they realized that $599 obviously hit people way too hard, and they were like, well, they're... Pe- Console is going to be more powerful than ours. They can't be charging, you know, less than blah blah blah. Yeah, but they don't that. want to make the same mistake as last time, so we'll try to just stay on par with them. Oh, <laughs> crap! Whoops! I wouldn't be surprised if Sony made the decision right there. It's like we're like, going to do a hundred. They knew cheaper. Microsoft yeah. was going first, and they knew they had done the accounting for both price points and found out if it was worth it or not. Well, I'd say at this point, it's definitely worth been yeah. worth it for them. So, but it was just the, from beginning to end, both conferences were, and the initial conference, I think it was just like, yes, you want to market yourselves as an, as an entertainment console, not just a video game console. I get that. But most of your fan base looks at it as a video game console, regardless of how you want it to be. You've got to ease people into that. You can't just come out and be like, our new Xbox is going to be for these, 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 these. Like, yep. Okay. Well, guess who is watching this conference right now? Not those other people. Right. It's your gamers because they want to know about it. There's a time and a place. Exactly. Yeah. So especially when mm-hmm. I mean, if rewind back to 2006, I remember seeing people complaining about Sony talking so much about playing Blu-rays in their PlayStation Three and yep. watching TV on it and stuff like that. I was like, you don't remember them getting flack for that, Microsoft? Absolutely. Yeah. I. But I mean, the 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 biggest part for me was just the there's always the 360. Yeah. That was the big one. That was a Ugh. rough couple of months for Microsoft. Yep. And I think they're still paying but for again, it. But again, and I, I still, like I said before, I have I have tons of respect for how they handled it. They went back on a lot of things that they were saying. They knew, they listened to people. They knew they didn't want this stuff. And I think they've they've come a long way as well. Yeah. So, other than Master Chief Collection. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I, will, I will probably still buy one when Sunset Overdrive 2 comes out. Yeah. Because it'll probably be better than the first one. Yes. Hopefully. I've really started to believe in that, waiting for the second edition of a new IP. Yes. Uh, we'll see. To do it. All right, Mark. Number one. My number one is the best number one. It and is. Shame on everyone else for not having it on their list. I completely agree with Mark. GameStop firing Jeff Gerstman. Ugh. You don't agree with him because it's not even on your list. I for, I, I'm an idiot. Everyone, you, I'm okay. an idiot. I'm wrong. Guys, My number one is wrong. Are you guys familiar with what happened? I was when when I read it. Okay. I wasn't okay. sure at first. So uh, I'm going to take you back. I need some like harp music. 
a long time ago in a galaxy right here. The year was 2007, the month November. Editorial director Jeff Gerstman had just written a review for the new game Kane and Lynch, giving it a rating of fair. And then, 15 days later, it was announced that Jeff Gerstman had been terminated from employment at GameSpot. Gee, I wonder what happened there. Ironically, at the same time that this is all happening, if you go to GameSpot's website, you see it is fully skinned with Kane and Lynch advertisements from top to bottom. (laughs) Oh, boy. He's let go. Uh, He never says exactly what happened to the point where it seems like he's not allowed to say what happened. And at the same time, four more editors decide to leave GameStop in protest. GameSpot in protest. You've been doing that a lot. Whoops. (laughs) Uh, Later on, three of these four editors joined Gerstman in creating a a new website. You may have heard of it. It's called Giant Bomb, (laughs) which eventually launches in July of 2008. Going to fast forward a little bit now. 2011, Giant Bomb is named by Time Magazine to be the 42nd most important website on the internet. And then in 2012, GameSpot is purchased by CBS Interactive. Or sorry, no, 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 hold on. Giant Bomb is purchased by GameSpot's parent company, CBS Interactive. Under the deal, the non-disparagement clause that nobody knew about was lifted. And Gerstman finally is able to speak about what happened. And in fact, he was fired because he gave a bad review to Kane and Lynch. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's kind of the fast forward version of what happened there. People were outraged. It was like, um, I would liken the whole incident to Watergate in a way. Watergate for video games. Where people started to realize, wait a minute. This isn't an innocent industry. This is... This is corrupt. There's all kinds of bad stuff going on below this, below the yeah. uh, surface. It makes you think now, like, well, okay, so I've been reading all these reviews for years. Mm-hmm. It just makes you rethink. Like, I wonder right. if maybe they were forced to, to, you know, say one way or the other. It was just a shocking experience. I know that one of Matt's friends was furious at the time. <laughs> for, like, for, like, two weeks, we were playing, like, Fancy Star Online, and he just kept yelling at the TV screen, calling every enemy uh, a GameSpot cretin. <laughs> it's just like, wow. Yep. I mean, it's GameSpot is owned by um, CBS Interactive, who a few years after that, CBS Interactive also owns a company called CNET, who does like electronic news and reviews. Yep. And CNET elected uh, a certain company to be the best in show at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, which CBS was in a lawsuit with. And CBS forced them to change their uh, best in show listing because of that. Oh, my God. So, so it's, it still hadn't even been fixed. They haven't even learned their lesson. Right. Wow. So it was just Jeez. it was this moment where you realize that maybe everything that you know about game journalism is false. And maybe it all is just money and nothing else. Yeah. Is the the loss of innocence for the internet. Trust your own opinions. Trust That's our opinions, it. guys. Yes. Yeah, trust my opinion. We're but. not owned by anybody. No, don't yes. trust Marks because then you'll end up playing Farmville. <laughs> I, will, I do not play Farmville! God! <laughs> there are plenty of other bad games I will make them play. I will get the world to think that you are a Farmville-obsessed person. Oh. <laughs> Dude, they, they already know you play games not like gonna, City Skylines. They're so. not going to believe you, but they're going to play along with it anyway. Yeah, and absolutely. Then... That's the best. 
that's my number one. If anybody sends me a screenshot where they tweeted out to Mark, like saying, like asking uh, something along the lines of like, hey, so what'd you do in Farmville today or something like that? I'll give you another contest entry. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. Do it at FN podcast. Do it right there. Ask Mark about Farmville and the adventures he's having there with his sheep and his trees and trees and whatever animals. else there is in the game. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Mark's number one. Matt. Your number one, sir. My number one was the same as uh, your guys' number three. Correct. R R O D. Solid. <laughs> that was a is, solid fiasco. This is the best one for number three. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> this to me was the like I I just remember it so heavily because I was so anti Microsoft because of it throughout my throughout my days of high school. I was just so livid that. People kept buying Xbox 360s. They even some people that I knew bought new Xbox 360s instead of having their old one fixed because they thought that maybe if they got one that didn't initially ROD, that's idiotic. <laughs> that yeah. It would just be fine because apparently there was like what like an eighty percent failure rate or something like that. I don't know. If I they, don't remember the exact percent. It was really high. People were throwing numbers around, but I don't know how valid they are. It was right. it was really really high. I, that's all that I know. And Anecdotally, uh, my Xbox 360 failed at about the one-year mark. What? Why don't you guys? Explain, what is the Red Ring of Death? Explain the Red that. Ring of Death is where your Xbox 360 basically becomes non-functional because somehow it overheated and melted the soldering joint for the. Uh, I think it was the GPU. Right. Basically, the internals are busted and it no longer works because of heat thermal issues. So, and then basically the if you ever look at the Xbox 360, you will see a green light that flashes on the power button when you turn it on, so you know it's on. Right, and that just turned red. Yep, hence the red ring of death. So I remember I was living with your brother at the time, and he had to replace his. He got he he is basically he's on his third one. Yeah, <laughs> he's got he's got he had to do it twice, and he didn't go out and buy new ones. He actually sent it to be right. repaired twice. So it like man, I just felt so bad for him, dude. This was a nightmare, especially because it was the same time. You know, everybody everybody thought like, well, Xbox is going to run away with this after the PS3 bullcrap in 2006. Yep. And it was a. I mean, it wasn't just you don't just send in your Xbox and then get it back. Yeah, you had to it's basically a you kept your. Uh, hard drive because it was detachable mm-hmm. and you'd send that in and they'd basically send you a refurbished Xbox 360 and you'd put your hard drive on top of it and then you'd have to go through this whole like account management thing and get your account onto the new Xbox which wasn't as easy as it should have been so I mean yeah it's like they took a page out of Nintendo's book right trying to transfer although data. this was back <laughs> when that was like a new thing so and then at Nintendo first... still sucking <laughs> at it true. six years true. Yeah. eight years later <laughs> Didn't Microsoft also not immediately like respond to the problem effectively? Like they weren't they charging people initially for it, and then eventually they came to. Uh, I don't remember the situation this, well enough to say. I, I heard at the time I at the point that. that it got to my Xbox, it was something that was being handled. I mean, it was still under warranty, so it was bad. And it, what what it did for me they, was it proved that Sony is not the only company that has bad customer service. Oh, or no. had bad customers. Oh, no. Sony's just the only company that can't keep their data locked down. <laughs> <laughs> True enough. That so. would have been another honorable mention as well. Yeah. 
So, uh, Sony getting uh, getting their database hacked. Absolutely. Yeah. Been a lot of PR nightmares. <laughs> have but been. honestly, it's like it's fun to sit back and reminisce about them and be like, you know, hopefully they don't make these mistakes again, you know, in the future. But yeah. you know, there's always still going to be some. And with stuff Microsoft, that I mean, they put this gigantic heat sink and fan yep. in the th- in the Xbox One. Maybe part of the reason why it's so much bigger than the PlayStation Four <laughs> could be. All that I know is is that if the problem was anywhere near as big as I thought it was like if it is upwards towards 75 percent to 80 percent fail rate i can't believe that they still won that console war generation i think they were about no i mean the wii won the wii won in sales but that's also people say that that's kind of misleading because people who bought the wii a lot of them were just like i played wii bowling and that was it Mm -hmm. you know Um, now whether that's true or not i don't know i it makes sense because I know a lot of people who aren't gamers who wanted a Wii just because they thought Wii Bowling right. was fun. I have seen that firsthand. I'm not saying that's why it sold so many, but there's a good chance there is some truth to that. I and am frustrated in, at Microsoft's success up despite until this the point, problem. Up until that point where they released the slim Xbox 360, I think they were hurt very much by it. But after that point, they kind of got away from it. Yeah. All those bro games, man. Yep. All right. I think that's about it for episode 61. Anybody got anything else? No. Get it together, Konami. Yeah, get it together, Konami. Seriously. Send those tweets to Mark at Don't. FN Podcast. Yeah, send those emails to. to Matt at FrenchNorth.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and I, I realize I didn't say this earlier, but we're going to go ahead and announce the contest winners in a month. So two episodes from now, we'll go ahead and do that. And uh, from there, I think we're good to go. Episode 61, thank you very much for listening. We are the Frozen North Podcast. My name is JJ. My name is Mark. And I am the Lustrious Matt. No. Nope. Did you say <laughs> Lustrious? Did I say that? You said Lustrious. I didn't hear the ill. Yeah, I didn't hear the ill either. You are the Lustrious Matt. <laughs> so, and I'm Matt. So awkward. <laughs> Thanks again for listening, and as always, keep on gaming. song was made available through the Creative Commons Attribution License by Ziphoid. The song title is Radical Fanfare.